three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. You know, if that was for me, I would be okay. But we're going. We we in the house of the Lord, Amen. So so good morning. It is a pleasure and honor to be before you all this morning. Um, I bring you greetings from uh, the Langston Wesley, or as we like to call it, the LW. Um, it's just easier, you know. Students and acronyms, they they love that. It goes a long way. Uh, but grateful to be here with you all. Um, it is an honor. Thank you so much. Um, Y'all have no idea uh, what this, this lady means to me. Uh, if it wasn't for her, honestly, I would not uh, be a local licensed pastor within the Methodist Church. And so, again, I am grateful uh, because she saw something in me uh, that was there uh, that I had walked away from. And so I am grateful um, that she, she saw that and, and we are here now. Amen. So let's just dive on in here. A familiar verse that we've heard often time and time again about weakness. Paul talking about this storm. We have to remove it. Uh, but I, I, I looked up the word weakness and I began to play with this word. You know, what, what does it mean? What's the synonym? What, where does it come from? And, and vulnerability showed up. Vulnerability, it refers to the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. It is the willingness to show emotion or to allow one's weakness to be seen or known, a willingness to risk being emotionally hurt. Author Brene Brown of Daring Greatly, uh, best known for her research in shame and vulnerability and leadership, uh, she says vulnerability is uncertainty. She says it's a risk and emotional exposure. She says, but vulnerability is not weakness. It's our most accurate measure of courage. When the barrier of, to vulnerability is about safety, the question becomes, are we willing to create courageous spaces so we can be fully seen? So about three and a half years ago, I personally went on a journey uh, to discover who God called and created me to be. Not from what growing up mama told me to be or daddy showed me how to be or what the church raised and created me, me to be, but who did God call and create Michael to be? There were times when I had some very low moments. There were some very high moments, 
But what I realized was during this presence, I noticed that I was spending more personal time in the presence of God. Reading and meditating on verses such as Romans 8, 38 and 39, where it reads, For I am convinced, and I love the Amplifier version, and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate me, separate us, for the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So like many during the pandemic, I had much time on my hands, amen, to sit with myself and to reflect on what it meant to be Michael. I, was, I always knew being set apart and called uh, uh, what, for, for action, for ministry, it required a new way of seeing, a new way of thinking, a new way of being. And before I could see, I needed to face and deal with not how others saw me, but how I saw myself, but ultimately how God saw me. Talk about uh, being weak and bearing it all before the Lord. I was filled with shame, fear, regret. When, when, when I didn't even like what I saw in the mirror. Being in a new place at this time, I had just moved to Tulsa uh, for my first church plant. Um, and I'm in a new city all by my lonesome, having to work this thing out. And now we're stuck at home with nowhere to go. Talk about being vulnerable. Can someone say a vulnerable witness? Yet what I didn't account for was the mental change that would take place. The inner battles that I would have to face, the, and fear began to tell me and talk to me and, and tell me, why did you do this? Did you make the right decision? Are you sure you can handle this? You, you've been stripped down to nothing, yet you still hold on to hope. Even in moments of, of, of weakness, how many, how many in this place know that sometimes hope is all you have? It's, it's in those moments that weakness it feels like beginning uh, to be in a space where there is no light. It's dark. I'm alone. But I'm here to tell you, beloved, God is still there with peace and hope, and joy, and love. Like Paul, I felt the strength to keep going, though. God reignited this fire on the inside of me for the journey ahead. So in this process, I noticed that I wasn't alone. There were more people than I thought that were out there doing the same things as me, looking to live this authentic life. Maybe not in the same way as I was, but freedom was the goal. Freedom from the thoughts of fear and pain and rejection, difficulties and hardships others may have passed on to us. And we know that's okay because it wasn't intentional. They did their best. Our mothers and our fathers, our sisters and brothers, our grandparents, they did their best. Society has taught us as a group of people that being vulnerable means you are weak. You are less than others. 
you are not worthy. And we could go on and on and on with how it makes us feel. But God has called us to let that mindset go. To do away with it and trust and hold on to his word and not our own. We have learned that if we show all our scars and our imperfections, the real us will be laughed at and talked about and not seen how we feel they should see us. Beloved, I'm here to tell you why have we become those people? Why have we allowed the voices of others to carry so much weight in our lives when God's call gives us the strength and the power? We have been taught to come to him perfectly, having it all together. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, let that go. God wants the real you, the flaws, the scars, the missteps, the stumbling. He wants to see all of your imperfections. He wants the one that says, I don't have the strength, Lord. I don't, I don't have it all together. I, I don't know why you love me the way that you do. I, I don't know why you care about me the way that you do. But here I am, O oh Lord. Take me as I am. I am bearing it all before you. I lay it at your feet. That's the posture that God is calling us to. Paul gives us an example of what it means to celebrate our weaknesses to not worry about all the hardships, the lack of shelter and food and water, what people have to say or any other harmful things we feel will and can happen to us. He has to write again this letter to, to the Corinthians uh, to combat these so-called super apostles that have come into the town and shown their signs and wonders. They flex their muscles. They beat on their chest. They portrayed themselves as servants of Christ. They have flipped all he had done and said, uh, he was using you. And since he wasn't around, he, he's pulled a fast one on you. See, he took all your money. See, Paul is gone. He wasn't really doing the work of Christ. See, he's out there living his best life. They have been boasting all about how the, the things that they had done, showing off, making it look pretty, when on the inside it was really dead. Which this, if I had a few points, it would bring me to point number one, and I would just say you can't judge a book by its cover. Often we, we've heard this phrase at one point in time in our lives about letting what it looks like keep us from the gems on the inside. Still, in this understanding, I'm asking you not to be fooled by how shiny it is on the outside that when you go on the inside, it leads you to death and destruction. All because you don't have the whole story. What the people of Corinth didn't know were the reasons Paul hadn't been around. Beloved, if you go back a chapter, Paul is explaining what, what it was like for him while he was not there with them and all he had endured. Now, Paul goes on to explain all he had been through. Now, I won't go into all of it at this moment because I want you to go back and read it for yourselves. Amen. 
He says, I was imprisoned. He says, with countless beatings, often near death. He says, three times I was shipwrecked. One time I was adrift at sea. He goes on to say, I had many sleepless nights. He says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was cold and naked. And to top it all off, I was under daily pressures because of my anxiety about all the other churches. Beloved, I'm here to tell you, uh, you never know what your neighbor is going through because people won't always tell you why they haven't been around or what's been going on. And if it's really that important to you, I want you to reach out, check on them, love on them, let them know that you've missed them, you've missed their smiling faces. Is there anything that I can do for you? See, in my spiritual imagination, I I believe Paul kind of got in his feelings a little bit. And he began to ask, do y'all really know me at all? If y'all cared and understood me the way y'all said y'all did, why was it so easy to believe complete strangers who has come and posed to be someone and something they are not? Why did you believe them? Because I could have easily come and boasted as they did. And because, but because God, come on, but God, has allowed these things, this thing in my side to drop me to my knees. He says, I have learned my weakness and my weaknesses is, (laughs) are a better posture. Which leads me to point number two. Thorns are for your protection. When I think of thorns, I immediately go to the rose, a beautiful flower. Comes in many shapes, sizes, colors, shades. It's beautiful. But what we always know is that there's these thorns on the stem. Now, some would ask why such a beautiful thing would need something that could cause harm. So like I do, I went and did a little digging and research and reading. And the rose has thorns, it says, to protect them from the the herbivores, those animals that would come and eat eat the leaves off of them. Because this plant feels like we've worked so hard to be so beautiful and to grow our leaves. How dare you come and eat what we worked so hard to to show the world. It was for their protection. Paul quickly learned that complaining about this thorn wouldn't get him anywhere. As we see, he asked the Lord three times, can you take this from me? There's some people in here, you ain't got to raise your hand. I understand. Baby, you've been asking the Lord to take some stuff away for a long time. And it's still there. And I'm here to tell you, it's not because it's wrong. It's not because you've done anything wrong. Maybe it's because he wants that to be a reminder. Hmm. See, he realized that God placed it there to keep him humble, to keep him low and relying only on his power. He shows it's not by our own power, our own strength. He says, but it's about God's strength. He says, a grace that we don't even conceive, we don't even truly understand, yet he gives it to us. Hmm. 
But first, we have to understand that requires you to get low and to trust and that all the areas and the many things we've seen that like they are going to take you out. They will cause you to lose your mind maybe sometimes. Lord, how, how many of us pray every morning? Lord, thank you for keeping my mind. Right. Because because that thing could have took us out of here. They're going to laugh at me. Hmm. They're going to talk behind my back. Hmm. But Paul is saying even in that. There is strength. Beloved, God knows that we will gain strength if we do not let pride get the best of us, but that we lean into weak. Don't get me wrong, this is a very different uh, concept from what we've grown up hearing, right? Seeing and, and even believing. But let me tell you from experience, being vulnerable takes work. And a new way of looking at the meaning of the word. Do I have any Enneagram people in here? You follow the Enneagram? You ever got some Enneagram folks in here? I'm in their number. Don't feel bad. So me being an eight, I'm an eight. If you don't know about eights, we are... Um, as they say, challengers, we, we buck the status quo, we don't like to be controlled. And one of our biggest things is we don't like to be vulnerable. Because in our minds, it makes us look weak. It makes us feel like we need somebody to help us do things. But when you really get down into it and you really get to begin to understand the Enneagram 8, you learn that that weakness really is our strength. Hmm. When, we give, when we give in, being vulnerable is the very thing that makes us strong. God says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, if you're going to boast, do it all more gladly in your weaknesses. Talk about what you're not good at. Talk about, uh, uh, I'm, I'm really not good at this computer stuff, but man, I'm going to get in here and tackle it every day. Right? Lord, I really don't like talking in front of people. You know, I get, I get social, you know, present his anxiety. I, I, I really don't want to be up here. And then you get up here and you do a fantastic job. Lord, I really love to sing, but I really don't like singing in front of people because I just get so nervous. How, how did you give me this gift, but you didn't help me to deal with this stage fright, and yet you get up here and he still has his way with you. It's in the weaknesses that you are strong. It's not about your strength or your power. It's letting him have his way with you. So when I replace the word weakness in the text, it sounds something like this. And I know, I know, before people be like, Rev, you over there changing the Bible. No, I promise. I'm just inserting a new word in here. It means the same thing. And I love, again, the Amplified version. And it says, and we're going to replace weakness with vulnerability. And it says, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times. That, I, that it might leave me. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough. 
always available, regardless of the situation. He says, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself more effectively in your vulnerability. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my vulnerabilities so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with vulnerability, with insults and distresses and persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am vulnerable in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. Takes on a different meaning. You hear it in a different way. Feels a little bit more relatable. Sometimes I know weak throws us for a loop. Beloved, please, please receive me this morning, though. Being vulnerable or weak will yield results you didn't expect. And for that, we have to stay connected and thankful for that thorn that he has placed in us. And though we keep begging, he's not removed it because it keeps us open and authentic and humble. The world is looking for authentic people. I deal with college students all day, and so they, they are the first people to smell and sniff out when you're being phony or trying to be somebody else. They're quick. They, they pick up on it real fast. So coming to them, you have to be real and open and honest. And so they, they, I have one student who calls me God's agitator. And I wear that like a badge of honor. Because I want to get them to understand. I want to get them to think. I want to get them to, to not just because you've heard it this way for so long, this is what it is. What is your relationship like with Christ? It may look different than mine, but are we serving the same risen Savior? I always say I teach my students Jesus with swag. Because swag, when you look up the definition, means just a different way of doing things. They see, they see life differently than we do. I want them to see Jesus. They see him differently than I do. But, as, but is the foundation solid? Do you know that he rose on the third day with all power in his hands? Do you know that he came and he bucked the system of what, of what the world thought or said it should be? And he said, no, no, no. I want my students to know to begin to critical think. How many of you know we lost critical thinking? It's an art that we've lost. But I push them to be weak and vulnerable for God. They're not afraid to ask me all the questions, and I welcome all the questions because I want to have that conversation, because I want to build that relationship, that no matter what, I want you to know that God loves you, and I do too. Amen. Again, the world tells us to hide. Weak is weak. Is weak. If you're not beating someone over the head with power and might, you're not doing it right. 
But the word is tells us the opposite. Amen. It tells, tells us to be low. It tells us to get humble. It tells us to get down on our knees and be before the Lord. It tells us to bear it all at his feet. Because God, I can't do this on my own. God, I, I, I can't lift up this rock on my own. I, I, I don't have it in me. The world is telling me that I can't be weak. The world is telling me that, that, pride, that pride is the way to go. God said, but in your weakness, how do you expect to be strong in my word if you're not even weak? If you're not willing to just lay it down at, your, at my feet? Come on, church. We've been called to be vulnerable. We've been called to, to, to feel the, 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 the presence and the power of God. And to do that, to be used, we, we got to say, Lord, I'm weak in some areas. I don't have it all together. And yet you still want to use me? I don't know what I did, Lord, to deserve such a love like this. But I'm grateful. Come on, is that somebody's testimony this morning? I'm grateful. So I stand here this morning asking you, what does being vulnerable look like for you? Only you know the answer to that. What is that thorn in your side that keeps you in check when pride tries to rear its ugly head or that perfectionist spirit tries to come out? I don't know. I know I'm still a work in progress, too. So we're going to be on this journey together. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. God, we thank you for that thorn that's in our side. Some people would think that would be counterintuitive to thank you for this thing that keeps me in check, this thing that, 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 that hits me when I know I need to go right, instead I went left. God, I say thank you. God, help us to be a vulnerable people. Help us to not uh, stand on our own power or strength, because we know at the end of the day, it's not going to get us anywhere, to be honest. God, we thank you for your forgiving power. That even in the times we've let pride and, 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 and what others might say get in the way of what you've said, God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for continuing to, to love on us and care about us and hold us close. God, some of us today are, we're wrestling with this a little bit. But I pray as we go along this week, you continue to, to show us the way, continue to bring it back to our remembrance, bring it back to our heart. What your servant Paul had to go through and are we less than? God, we know that we are strong and mighty in your word and in your will, and in your way. So, Lord, have your way. Lead God and direct us in the ways you would have us. Help us to be that vulnerable witness, not only to ourselves, but to those around us. 
that we may be a people who rely on our weaknesses to have the strength to combat the evil one and lift up your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We love you. We thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Amen.